Hello. Hello. Hi. How are you guys? So good. Thanks for having me. Yes. Welcome to Building an Empire State of Mind. Um, Jen, you will you do the honors and introduce us to Sarah? I will, yes. So today we have Sarah Etter. She is a seasoned real estate investor who brings a unique combination of creativity and strong market fundamentals to every deal she does. In her just four years of investing, her and her partners have built a $50 million plus real estate portfolio, which consists of multifamily properties, student rentals, commercial buildings, and land development. She also, on top of that, has her own education platform, the Empire Building Academy. And as I saw recently on her website, she is also taking enrollment for her mastermind. Yes. And I realized the link, the Empire Building, it's like we're on the same vibe. Look at us. I didn't realize it was the Empire Building. We're on the same wavelength. I love, love it. it. <laughs> That well, is so awesome. well, tell yeah. us about that. I'm really interested about that. Yeah. Yeah. No. Uh, so I started um, this community um, early in my career, actually. Um, I started, you know, investing full time and I, um, I kind of always just like kept myself sort of doing my thing. And it was actually another female investor that had bumped into me at a networking event. And she's like, why are you not coaching or at least like doing webinars or sharing your, your knowledge. And I thought, well, I'm a baby. I've only been investing for a year. Like nobody wants to hear what I have to say. And she was like, no, like you, you're a, a young millennial woman. Like you're raising capital. You're doing big deals. You're doing this full time, which a lot of people aren't doing, you know, like so many people need to hear you. And so, um, yeah, so I started this community, my empire builders community, because I wanted it to specifically be for investors that aren't just looking to be weekend warriors, like they wanted to really grow and like really build something for themselves, that legacy. And at the time, like, you know, four or five years ago, there weren't as many coaching programs and stuff going on as there, there are today. And I felt like there was, it was just lacking in the community. Like it's like that really ambitious investor, like wanting to kind of get to the next level. So yeah. You're my people. You're just <laughs> nice people for sure. We agree. There isn't a lot of that. But it yeah. sounds like you have gotten to that next level because you have a $50 million portfolio in four years. Yeah. Holy shit. How did you do that? Well, it's so funny to say because it's like I, I definitely need to update the website. It's a lot less now. We we went through like we're we're coming into that like fifth year of business where I feel like every business owner almost like faces like a renaissance. And I, I see it in people doing even like non real estate related things. You know, they always say those first five years of business are such a grind, like you're pivoting, you're hustling, you're just kind of like going for broke. And so we're at a point where we actually decided last year to liquidate like a huge chunk of our portfolio. And, you know, the market's been been shifting and doing all this crazy stuff. And so we, um, we decided to pivot. We want to do like bigger things. And in order to do big things, we had to kind of almost like go back to square one so we can like re rebuild over. So it, it's an interesting like time in my, in my portfolio, but, um, growing it, what a journey. Like it was so crazy. Um, I've been working with joint venture partners and capital partners, like almost since day one that really contributed to my, my growth. Um, and I feel like I'm just the type of person, like I just, 
I always think bigger. I always push myself. Um, I'm always kind of looking for like the next opportunity. And particularly during COVID when I was stuck in my my condo kind of at loose ends, um, I bought a lot of property because I was just like finding off market deals, putting in offers when everybody else was kind of gun shy of, of the market. So um, yeah, it's it's been a journey. Let's start at the beginning. Like where did, how did you get started yeah. to get to the point where you're like, I have like, where did you get started? What did you invest in? Like what got you super pumped to get into real estate? Yeah. So um, I always like have to tell people like the quick preface of how I got in because it kind of like, it's such a weird like leap that I made. So I'm a former professional athlete. Um, I did equestrian show jumping. Um, it was like, you know how they say you should like do what you love and like you'll make money doing it. I really, really don't think that that applies all the time because when I got into university, I had these two tracks. I could have gone in like done my MBA or become a lawyer. And instead I, I chose the passion route, which was to pursue my athletic career. And I did not make a lot of money at all, <laughs> actually, probably the opposite. And I got to a point where I actually just stopped loving it over time. And then I realized that I was like, this is one of those times where I'm like, I need to make money so I can go back and do this now and, and do it as something I enjoy. I, it was not the right career choice for me at all. Um, so I was really at loose ends. I was like 27. I had been traveling all over the world and I was just used to bouncing all over the place. I didn't have a lot of roots. And then, um, I met my now husband and he, it just kind of shifted. I was like, Oh, like maybe this is like something cool. Like I should settle down and maybe think about staying in one place. And so I retired from my career, um, with a business degree that I hadn't used in six years. It was pretty obsolete. I had no entry level experience in the corporate world. I was like unemployable and it was really tough. Cause I was like, what do I do? Um, I want to make money, but this was my passion for the past 15 years. Like what am I supposed to do with my life? Um, and so I literally took the very first job, the only one that was willing to take a shot on my like really unimpressive resume. And it was a property management company. So that's, that was my in, like that was that my first exposure to real estate. Um, and I got to see it all like the bad stuff too, like the tenants and the evictions and all the crazy stuff. Um, but I also got to meet building owners and I got to meet people who had like just been normal everyday Joes building all this financial freedom by owning these apartment buildings. And I was like, whoa, I want to be them. How do I be them? Um, so then I started to get exposed to these networking events. I started going to, you know, rain and the right club and, you know, Rockstar and all of those, you know, networking events. And then that was it. Like once I realized this was the real deal, it was like, I've never looked back. I know. Isn't it amazing how networking can just like propose, yeah. like just like rocket blast you into success, which is so true. Yeah. So did you say when you went into the property management, did you buy a property management? Or were you working in that? I was working area? in the property management company because like I said, I had very little business experience. So I kind of started on the ground floor. So I was doing um, like lease ups and like admin work, like reconciliations, like just kind of like basic admin level stuff, like at the property management company. But, you know, looking back, I feel like those are fundamentals that a lot of investors actually skip over that I like literally got paid to do and learn like how to balance the books and rent collections and, and how to lease and screen tenants and 
you know, manage like our maintenance crews and all that kind of stuff. So it, looking back, it was such incredible, incredible, a ground floor experience to have learned. So, yeah. And it's, and it's not the like glamorous stuff. It's everyone's like, you know, like you got to start at the not glamorous stuff at like the crazy tenants and to learn that. Cause it, yeah. I'm sure it's such a huge foundation for how you're running your business. Now you're really like, I saw that happen. Right. We're not going down that path again with my businesses. <laughs> yeah. And that was the cool thing is like, I got to see, you know, all the good, the bad, the ugly, like how businesses are created, the properties that were successful, the ones that weren't successful and why. And it, yeah, it was just such an invaluable, invaluable learning experience. And I, I worked there for about, um, I think a year and a half. And then I decided to pivot and do my own thing. Um, I was like, okay, I think I'm ready. Like I've absorbed enough. I've built a lot of contacts. I've been going to these networking events. I'm ready to go. But the problem was I was working, it was an independent contractor position. So even though like, the money was okay, I wasn't making that much and no T4 income. And, you know, I had accrued all this debt from my, um, my riding career. And so like, I was starting really from, from nothing. And I think that's what held me back for a long time is I didn't understand back then, you know, creative financing and, and all of that kind of stuff. So for me, I was like, Oh, I'm just like this kid. I have nothing. I don't have a down payment. I don't have good credit. I don't have a T4. Like, how do I even do this? And it wasn't until I think I was at like a rain meeting and Russell Westcott was actually giving uh, a presentation on joint ventures. It was the first time I'd ever been exposed to like what an, a joint venture actually was. And I was like, it, I don't know, like these bells just went off in my head and I was like, this is it. Like, this is my way that I can get into, into real estate. So, so that's kind of the path. I, it was really my only path to be honest. I had to kind of bite the bullet and just, just do it. So, so, the, and then like, and then how did you get there? So you're in there, you're, you're working contractor job. For those of you that don't know, it's like contractor. You're not like a, it's a contract. Like you're not like a full on employee, like getting your, it's W2s in the US and you're in Canada, which is T2s or something, right? Or T4s. Yeah. T4s, yeah. It's the same. Yeah. For the, but it's, and you probably don't get health insurance. I don't know. You guys are different in Canada, but it's not as a cushy job as it is for, so when she says she was starting like, it was, it was definitely probably tight. It was really tough. Yeah. And I should also mention that the time that I actually met my husband, he was still in grad school. So he was like making nothing. And I was kind of like supporting us and then trying to do this whole new venture. And I'm only working like so many hours. And those first few years were intense, like so intense. We were living in basement apartments and like driving one car like this crappy old Mazda and like yeah like we we put a lot on hold just to to kind of push both of our businesses ahead and get him through through grad school and everything um but really like where I started and it's kind of like how I like to teach people and give like advice to investors that are kind of like in the same position as me is everybody gets focused on the deal the money like how do I get the money how do I get the money how do I get the deal and Mm -hmm. I got some really good advice at some of these networking events that they're like, look, in order to pitch something to somebody and have them take you seriously, first, like you yourself have to be someone worthy of investing in. And honestly, that's some of the best advice I've ever gotten. So instead of just like jumping straight in and trying to chase the money and everything, I was like, okay, they're right. I have nothing to offer at this point. This is my time. I need something. Like I need some level of, of like expertise. Like I need, I need to bring something 
to the table. So I had my property management experience. That was already a huge leg up to, to give to somebody in terms of sweat equity. I can manage their deals. I can do the tenanting. Like they can trust me to manage the property. Um, but then I also like immerse myself in a lot of market research. I wanted to learn the whole process, like end to end. So I really like, I started shadowing people and picking contractors brains. And I was just like an annoying pest, like asking a million questions from people. I wanted to know like exactly like how do refinances work and, you know, budgeting for duplex conversions and, you know, really just kind of got all, all into it and really dove into like just a couple specific markets that I became very well versed in. So by the time I went and I started on social media, um, cause I'm a millennial, right? So I started like Instagram and Facebook and I started a YouTube channel. People were like, holy cow, like she really knows her stuff. And so even though I didn't have an actual property, like I had logged probably two years worth of like education and being kind of at the ground floor of really learning good practical, like hands-on knowledge. So, yeah. And that's so important. That's pro- that's so foundational to your success. Yeah. I'm sure just like getting in there and the nitty gritty of all of it. So much. Yeah. So what did you do next? So you were in there, like how did, what was the next big step that you took to get to this yeah. huge portfolio? So I think like once I got my first AV, and prove to myself that it was actually possible. Then I was like, holy cow, like if I could do that from nothing, like, woo, let's go. Um, and so um, I've always had a passion for multifamily. Um, obviously, like, you know, starting off in a property management company, it was almost exclusively apartment building. So I was already very comfortable with the idea of owning multi-units, even though I didn't have a lot of like actual, like, you know, ownership experience. So I, um, I just like, I hit the ground. I started going to open houses. I picked Brantford in Ontario as my first market, got to know it really well. I convinced this gentleman to, um, co-own a student rental with me, tiny little single family. Like it was a good little starter property. And then once that was underway. He actually became um, a private lender for me as well. And so I did a few flip projects to generate some capital, was successful with that. And, you know, kind of had his, it was nice. Like he was kind of like, I look at him like my angel investor. He really took a chance on me. Um, and that just was, you know, once I had a proof of concept and I could mm-hmm. show, okay, got my hands dirty. We were successful. We did some deals then that kind of springboarded me. And then I wanted my next deal to be multifamily. Um, so we did a five unit actually for like my second deal ever. Um, which seems like a lot. And it was crazy. It was somebody else that actually brought it to me. It was like a drug den. It was like illegally converted in the five years. Like it was such a crazy, crazy property to do for your, and like, I had to go in and like try to cash for keys. The tenants like by myself as like a single woman. And my friends were like, no, 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 like you can't do that. That's dangerous. But I was just so gung ho and like making it a success. Like I did so many crazy things for that property, like picking out like needles out of like the back alley because like the Enbridge people wouldn't come hook up the gas meter because they're like, there's needles, we won't touch it. So like I'm there in like this hazmat suit, like cleaning. I I earned my sweat equity in those first deals. So, um, so that was good. So that was like my second kind of like, that was like my first, like, like I consider that my first real deal. Like it was a huge run out. We had to get permits, cash for keys and tenants, like, it, you know, big JV partner that came on to that one. So that was like my real kind of test. And as that was going along well, um, 
I started to have a lot more content. And so I started to really get serious about my social media uh, presence. And really like every week I was releasing educational content. I was, you know, on Instagram, going to networking events, really just hitting the, the pavement. And then that's what I did is I just kept leveling up with these multifamily properties because I was like really niched in on like Hamilton and Brantford and I knew my markets, I was able to find just wild off market, like really, really good value add deals. And I think that's how we're able to scale up so fast. We were just in and out like quick renos, cheap deals, big multifamily. Um, and that really allowed us to scale fast. Yeah. Wow. So you started, so you, I just want to go back because there's a lot of newbies here. So when she says she yeah. JVs, she finds somebody that helps yes. work with them. So joint venture JV. And then what was the other thing that you said that um, I can't remember, but so private you lender. went, what was that? The private lender. The private lender. Yeah. Let's talk yeah. about that. So where did you find these people? Because it's yeah. not like you can just like go on Craigslist Walk and like, can I have some street. money, please? You know, like you have to these people to be successful. You have to be successful. Yes. And it's actually so, so funny how I found some of my first private lenders. So the guy who did my first JV deal and turned into a private lender. So this was how tenacious I was. Um, I was committed, like I had no money partners, no way of buying real estate. But I was like, okay, well, I gotta, I gotta get out there somehow. Like, I have to learn these markets. I need to go see deals. I need to be like active as much as I can. So back then, like, you know, keeping in mind, this is probably like 2018, like 2019, um, the market wasn't quite as hot. People were actually listing, you know, properties on like Kijiji and Facebook marketplace, like uh, for sale by owner. And so this guy had posted an entire portfolio of single family homes on Kijiji. And I'm like, this seems too good to be true. Like, this is crazy. So I, reach out to this guy and I was like, Hey, like, can I come see your properties? And he was like, yeah, of course, like come, come check them out. So it was such a good learning experience. I got to see all these off market deals and I, I connected with this gentleman. He too was actually an active JV who had 16 single families in Brantford and had just been managing them for passive partners for like 12 years, 10 years, whatever the case was. And now he was just, they were liquidating, they were getting rid of everything. So, and he had bought a sailboat and his intention was to like literally sail around the world, like six to eight months out of the year. He wanted nothing to do with like these properties. And so he had a few left that hadn't sold. And I was chatting with him a little bit about like what I do. And, and I'm a very like, and I tell this to people too, like, I just talk about real estate all the time. Like, even though I didn't have a portfolio, I was telling him like all the research I've been doing, the groups I was a part of my goals, my ambitions for like what I wanted to achieve. And I think he saw something in that he was like, Whoa, this girl takes herself seriously. Like she's done a lot. So he said, I, I remember like, it, I didn't actually end up buying that particular property, but he approached me afterwards and says, look, I want to go off on my sailboat. I don't want to be dealing with these last few properties. If you take over the management, I will give you a 35% cut of the equity. You bring in like $10,000, like earnest kind of money. You manage it. I'll give you 35% of the deal. And I was like, I'm like, I felt like I hit the jackpot. And I remember like, I had to think I like, borrowed the money from my mom or something. Cause I didn't have 10 grand, like at the time, borrowed the money from my parents, you know, kind of bought into the deals. And then I managed, I think there were like two or three little 
like of these single family uh, little student rentals. We ended up selling them. Um, and then that's when he, uh, he became a private lender. And so what he did is when I did my flips, he basically took a lot of the proceeds, gave me private mortgages on the deals. And, um, and for a long time would just, you know, every time I did a little flip in Brantford, call him up, say, Hey, like, you know, I'm doing another flip. He trusted me. We had this rapport and this track record. And he used to actually loan me hundred percent loan to value on the purchase price, like the whole wow. purchase value of the property too. Yeah. That's Those so days nice. aren't That's as nice. you know easy, but yeah. <laughs> That's so yeah. cool. That's I amazing. actually still remember the first time I ever heard you tell that story because I remember when I was first starting in 2020, yeah. I can't remember if it was in 2020 or if it was in 2021, but I heard you on, I'm pretty sure it was Bigger Pockets podcast. Right. And yeah. then I've followed you on Instagram and mm -hmm. definitely seen the level up journey, yeah. which as, you know, a female as well is, oh, yeah, always nice yeah. to cheer on and see. And then it was also great. So I myself too, Canadian, Carly's American, but yeah. moving into the US, right? That's definitely one of my goals for yes. the last half of this year. Yeah. So what sort of made you decide to go that path when you were doing so well in Canada? So I think like, cause I hate to always like talk doom and gloom and like scare away like all the, the newbie <laughs> investors, because I'll preface what I'm going to say with this first is that I would not be where I am today without the appreciation I gained from my Canadian markets that I invested. There's no way, like hands down, Canada and Ontario particularly have some of like the best appreciation across the board. So if you're patient and you buy well, and you buy in good cash flowing areas, you're set. You could just sit there for the next five, 10, 20 years and retire a very wealthy individual. So we kind of played that game a little bit. Like, yes, we forced appreciation, but we also lucked out too with all the appreciation that we gained in the market. Um, but having done this for so long, you know, we grew fast. I don't want to say too fast, but we grew crazy fast. And when you grow that fast, sometimes things break in the system, mm -hmm. right? You, things fall behind between the cracks. Maybe you're not staffed at the level, the quality control issues. We, we've, we've experienced all of that through the growth of my portfolio, you know, just wrong property managers, wrong lawyers, bad things happen. You learn lessons, you make mistakes, yeah. and, right? I mean, we've all yeah. been there. And so I got to a point that I realized, look, I have so many different properties with so many different partners. And it's just, it's a lot of logistical challenges. And the idea was like, either we kind of continue down this path or we pivot and we do something different. And I've been in business for like, you know, five years now with my portfolio. I feel like I'm savvier. I want to get to that next level, whatever that kind of looks like. And for me, it's consolidating my time, consolidating my doors, consolidating everything, smaller staff, fewer partners, fewer everything, but bigger deals, if that makes sense. Sure. And as I started to go through the process, I realized that doing like leveling up, like let's say doing a hundred unit apartment building in Canada versus the U S very tough. I came from a property management background. Our tenant laws, like let's face it in Canada are super tough. And that's where I started to get stuck was when I was starting to calculate like returns for our investors and timelines, I realized that I wasn't comfortable. Like I wasn't confident saying, yeah, I can get this building done for you in six to seven years. I wasn't confident at all. And then that's when I start to question and say, you know, is this business model sustainable, at least the way I'm doing it, like in Canada. So then I spent a bit of time last year 
in Florida. I went to Tennessee and just checked out a few different states and everything. And I realized that, okay, it is sustainable. Like I can do what I want to be doing in the US. Faster turnovers, better tenant laws, like all of that stuff at the scale we want to be doing it. So I think it just all coincided nice. Five years in my portfolio, kind of a natural ending point for a lot of me and my JVs and what we've been doing. So it kind of just seemed to come to the right conclusion at the right time. That's amazing. Yeah. So, so what's next? So you're you're consolidating and you're like re re you know situating because it does when you grow fast it's a it's a lot. It's a lot. So you're like I want I love that you're like I want bigger smaller team bigger properties. So where are you looking now? Like what kind of stuff are you, are you staying, want to stay within multifamily? Do you want to do like, what do you, what's your ideal in the next five years situation look like? Like, yeah. So it's probably so crazy. Cause like, I actually haven't been on a lot of podcasts, like in the past, like few months. So I feel like this year, everything changed like the way I would normally talk on a podcast. Like I'm always like more doors, more partners, like more everything. And I think like now I'm like entering my mid thirties, you know, like I started in my late twenties all excited, super ambitious, like just going for broke. And now it's like, I'm married and like, we're looking at like different, like family life changes. And it just, and now the market too, like, you know, we've, we've won some big things. We've also had some like big losses too, like, you know, reshifting stuff. So I'm now at a point where it's more like my goal for the next five years is to focus on quality versus quantity. So for me, yeah, right. Like more intentional. Like I want to be intentional about the partners I work with. I want to be intentional about the buildings that I buy. That's not, I don't care to be honest, like how many doors I own anymore. It's more like I have like those lifestyle numbers, that cash flow number, that kind of freedom number, if you will, in my head. But once I'm there, I'm actually kind of okay with it. And I think before I didn't have a freedom number, I was just kind of like all of it. I just want all the things all the time. Um, I feel a little more like centered now about like where I want to be. And so it's going to like probably look like a variety of things. So I definitely want to stay in the multi-space. It's what I love. It's what I know. I've dabbled in all of it. Dabbled in Airbnbs. I've done flips. I've done developments. I've tested the waters and I always come back to multis. It's my roots. I feel like I know it. It works for me. My team is set up for multi. So I definitely want it, but like definitely scaling up, you know, hundred doors, 200 doors, like doing some like bigger stuff down in the U S probably like syndications and, and again, just economies of scale factor, doing a fund, something where I'm just a little out of the day-to-day operations. I'm still guiding, you know, strategy and we're still growing, but utilizing a staff, being better at delegating and more mindful of my time. Cause I definitely, I'm like a control freak. So I do a lot and I realize like, I can't to move forward. I can't be like that. I need to really, really prioritize the right hiring, the right delegation and passing off some of that stuff. But we also want to buy um, some businesses too, like just like, you know, laundromats, car washes, landscaping companies, diversify. And again, it's all towards this idea of cash flow and lifestyle, minimal, my time kind of in the deal and just kind of passing it off to operators that really are on the ground level doing what they need to do. You're so smart. There's no, I mean, it, you're so many of us get caught up in the, I want 8 million doors and I want a gajillion dollar portfolio. And you are, you've done this long enough. And I don't think a lot of people do this or realize this, even people that have been in the business for a long time, they keep chasing that next thing. And you need to be where your heart, like 
you're like, I might want to have a family. I want, it's the lifestyle that you chase after, which is so smart because you can just run yourself thin being yeah. a crowd troll freak, I'm going to be over here. I'll do it. I'll do it. I'll do it. I'll, I'll just over take here. care of everything. I'll just yeah. take care of I, I feel that. I feel that deeply. So um, and then yeah. you don't hear a lot of people talk about that. So it's so important. I just wanted to like really hone in on that. How important it is. It's a, it seems small, but it's such a huge quality of life improvement. It really is. And I, I'm actually so excited now to come back and have pivoted and talk about this stuff on podcasts. Cause like to your point, like I feel like a lot of people aren't talking about this. They're talking about the strategies to get more doors and it's all 10 X this and 10 X that. And you know, I get it. And it was so funny cause I was talking to someone the other day and I was saying, I have this like this kind of ego complex about like always wanting to achieve my highest potential. And you know, she threw it back at me and she said, you know, your highest potential for what? And I was like, oh, okay. Like that actually made me stop and think like, you're right. Like what does having more doors actually mean? Like, is that your highest potential? But what about the other potentials in your life? The potential to be a a better mother, a better friend, a better sister, a better like person, member of society in your community, right? So like there's different types of potential, but I think as investors, we're all all A type. We all want to achieve. And I think we get stuck in the, the only potential is the potential for doors and capital. But I feel like that's neglecting the other parts of us too. Have you seen that? It's like the wheel of life. It's like yes. your spiritual is here, your physical, like your health, your family, your work, your happiness. And it's like so many of us like put all of our attention onto like this wheel. And it's like, it's not a wheel. It needs to be even everywhere, you know? It's like it's oval or lopsided. It's like, oval, it's like a square wheel, just like not, it's not smooth, you know? Yeah. And that's what we talk about. It's building the empire state of mind. It's like, yes, yeah. we want our empire, but you need to be in the right mindset of, yep. to build that. You have to be rested and relaxed and healthy and yeah. to keep driving that empire to success. Okay. And you also need to like, understand like what's important to you. Like, it's funny. Cause like, I think because like I coach a lot and I just, and I'm very active on social, right? So I get DM'd a lot from people like struggling with stuff or having questions. And it's so funny because I'm, I'm very big on getting to like the root of things. And so my first questions to someone, you know, are always like, why? Like, you know, like first, like, what are your goals? And it's always something like a thousand doors, a hundred doors, 10,000 a month, like whatever. And then I'm like, why? And they're like, like, I don't, because it sounds fun, because it sounds cool. And I was, I'm like, no, like, that's not good enough. Like, if you actually don't understand why you're doing real estate, what those doors mean, and what you realize that could do in a negative way or a positive way for your life, you're going to just be on autopilot. And I I was guilty of that at one point early in my portfolio, too. I feel like I was kind of just running on autopilot for a while and just like in in constant acquisition mode and being in a place where I am today, where I own the like fewest amount of doors I've owned in five years and I'm liquidating everything. And it it was so scary for me. It was so opposite to what I had been doing for the past few years. And it, it was a huge internal struggle. Every time I was doing it, I was like, no, no, don't sell. What am I doing? This is so wrong. But then realizing that like, sometimes you do have to kind of you know, compress or burn or whatever you, you know, to go come back in a new Mm -hmm. way. Right. You can't always, sometimes pivoting isn't enough. You have to almost kind of take it back to, to square one. 
burn it all down and then raise like raise up like a phoenix from the ashes and be even better yes i think a lot of people too they're stuck in that hustle for so long that they don't realize that you can change and what you want can change and and that's okay they feel like they have to be this like specific person forever right and it's just all about acquiring and not pivoting or changing or anything like that I, I just wanted to go back to your team, though, because I yeah. have a question. What do you think was like your most pivotal hire? I like that question. Um, so I also have to preface this with saying that my team is like 100% women, by the way. So yay. Amazing. And that was not um, like for all the people that are out there probably going, oh, yeah, of course, Sarah. Like it was based on merit, by the way. Like I interviewed so many people the women I hired are badass and they're amazing and I would not be where I am without them. Um, and they your are husband in your business. He is not. So oh. I am so low. So even though he's nice. very supportive and he's like in it, he's not like, I just buy stuff and he's just like, cool. <laughs> Another property. I'm like, he's like, what did you buy today? Sarah? Um, so he, yeah, no, he actually, um, he's a therapist. So he has his own clinic, his own business. He does his own thing. Um, I have mad respect for couples that do real estate together because I think I might murder him. Like, it's great that we go our separate ways during the day. And then at night we have different things to talk about and different like things to share. I'm so um, in the phase yeah. where I'm grateful that I get to talk to him that. so much during the day. That might change, oh. but I'm still in that phase right now. <laughs> the honeymoon phase. No, it's yeah. probably good though. Like, to be honest, like he and I both work from home because we both have our own businesses. So we get to spend like a lot of time together at home, which is like really nice. Had he not been an entrepreneur, it might be a very different story I think because he gets my crazy when I'm like hey I'm working till nine o'clock tonight he's just like yeah, okay cool do your thing so because we both have those days right um but in terms of other hires um I have um an executive assistant but I hate calling her that because I feel like that actually diminishes like who she is that was her first role now I just call her my right hand she is everything to me like she's on vacation this week and I'm dying inside because even though like my other staff are good. Um, I have a very, um, I don't know if you guys have ever read traction, but yes. it's one of my, yes. Right. I, I, I encourage yes. like every business owner needs to read traction. I'm a very flat hierarchical kind of like structure in my business. So we are much more team task force space than we are like with linear roles. And so I've trained each of my staff that technically they could step into somebody else's role as needed. But nobody replaces Chelsea. There's just something. Like, she just knows me. She's been with me for almost three years now, full-time. Um, she honestly gets everything. She's, like, my cheerleader. She's my support. She she does everything. Um, and I having her, um, I, I wouldn't be able to have had the bandwidth. And, you know, even just her positivity for me personally when things are going wrong, when investors are freaking out or like that project isn't working, you know, her just being like, it's okay. Like, we're going to get through it together. You know, I just having that support was, especially because I don't have my spouse, like, or a partner with me. She was like my first experience having the closest thing to a partner in the business with me, cheering me on, supporting me always in the background, just making sure, you know, things are running smoothly. Um, yeah, honestly, it was like the best thing I ever did. Nice. How do you, how do you find someone like that? So I love telling these stories. <laughs> so I right now have 
one, two, three, four, five, six staff, seven now? No, I just hired a seventh. Um, I found them all, drum roll please, on Instagram. So mm. it's so crazy. I have never actually put a formal job ad out in my life. And in yeah. fact, I often get DMs from people who are like, hey, I've been following you for a long time. I'm in between work or I'm looking for a change of pace. I was wondering if you're, I literally got two DMs like that on the weekend from two different women. And I think it's so cool because the reason, like, I think these hires worked out so well is because I'm not sifting through random people who like don't understand my culture. If they've been following me on social, they know exactly what I'm about. They know my mentality Mm -hmm. towards investing. They know my kind of demeanor, like they know all of it. So they're already coming in understanding me to like some extent and so every hire I've ever done has almost been like a perfect fit and I've never I don't think I've fired a single person I've ever like had yeah because it's just by the time I interview them it's like they've known me forever it feels like I've known them forever so the power social media goes so deep like it's not just about raising capital it's not just about building a rapport like it's you have like the word you spread and you know what you're putting out there it can have so many amazing like ripple effects it's so true yeah Yeah. it's so true that's what we jen and i were at a mastermind last what was it last september and we were like so afraid to put ourselves out there on the internet and the instagram we're like nobody wants to see our faces like nobody wants to hear me yeah nobody was like I remember Jen texted me and she's like, I just put my face on the post now and put it out there. And now I feel like I want to barf everywhere. And and like, you know, it's so scary for a lot of us, like, especially Jen and I, like a year ago, we wouldn't even put ourselves on a podcast, let alone, you know, on the social media. And it's so important, like to, it's more than capital raising. It's more than that. It really builds relationships. And that's that's such a great story amazing as yeah. well as just having like the I don't know I don't want to say like strength but just to like message you and be like hey you want to be on a podcast and you're like yeah I'm like oh okay or like messaging Vina Jetty and I'm like hey do you want to come on our podcast she's like absolutely I'm like oh gosh like, what is wow. <laughs> yeah. you want to talk to me you have yeah. time like we she's all like, underestimate ourselves so much oh, wow yeah it's, yeah it's been interesting it's crazy crazy so amazing yeah you know what I think it's such a shame particularly like female investors that I talk to that feel like their voice is somehow like not important or like that they don't need to be heard um and I because I my story right I was the exact same I was like oh like I'm not going to start coaching I'm not going to start webinars nobody wants to hear me and the amount of people now the lives that I've had like the privilege to impact over these years, the people that three years later are like, Sarah, I just quit my job. And like, I love my life. And thank you so much for like everything you've done. Like, that's what actually keeps me going. Like I think about my doors and my real estate and like, that's great and fun and you know, helps me do what I do. But like, it's, it's that it's, and particularly like a lot of my coaching students are women and giving them like that power back and feeling that they can be confident. And then I force them to also go out on social media and share their stories. And before you know it, I'm like, yeah, you know, there's so many like, powerful women starting to come to the forefront on social and it's like the younger generation our daughters and you know they get to see that now and like that's so exciting to me I love that Jen and I were talking we joined a mastermind that's how we met together and it's like what is it like 90% dudes and we're like like there's nothing wrong with guys like but it's just nice to have some more women you know 
that are in there and that are in the rooms and that are on the stages and that are doing the stuff. Like Jen was talking yeah. about how she goes to site and people are like, what are you? Are, oh, you're the designer. Oh you yeah. Know, like, I'm the owner. Yeah. Like, well, I'm that and more, you know? So yeah, exactly. And all the other stuff. And all of it. All of it. Yeah. Yeah. And I used to get that too, you know, like I, because most of our projects were all conversions or like really big gut jobs and stuff. You know, I had to learn contractors speak really fast and thank God, like my dad was a contractor back in the day. And so like, I was kind of used to like the type of guy, I guess that like, can you know, they can be a little brisk. They can be a little intense sometimes. Right. Oh, yeah. And I have such a baby face and especially the person in my late twenties, they were just like, who is this girl? Like, what is she doing? And I'm like, you know, and we're talking, you know, like two, $300,000 renovation jobs. And they're like, does she even have the money? Like what is happening? Um, and so that was a good learning experience too, to be able to go to these, you know, job sites and hold my own, even capital partners, you know, most of them are like twice my age and raising money and, and going to job sites and negotiating with sellers. Most of them are men. And I think a lot of women get scared off by that. Um, so it's good that, you know, we have stuff like this and they can learn, like, it's, it's fine. Like we can hold our own and it's not that scary. Absolutely. Okay. I we have it. one last thing for you. Yeah. Cause we got sent deals and we know people who are always trying to sell deals. So what are you currently buying and looking for in the U S? Mm -hmm. um, good question. Um, so <laughs> we, <laughs> like everything now. Um, <laughs> yeah. So we are, uh, currently looking for pretty much like anything like 40 units and above um tenant friendly states we're kind of open to location uh, we have some good ground teams though in like ohio and tennessee and florida um arizona um so yeah usually like 40 units plus definitely we like a good value add building um like to get in get our hands dirty turn it over um so yeah we're still kind of keeping an open metric until we decide you know we want to narrow it down but we're we're open to exploring Great. Yeah. So if somebody has something like that and they want to say, Sarah, I got some deals for you. Yeah. Where can they reach out to you? How can people get a hold of you and be like, I got you some deals. Let's What's do up? some deals together. <laughs> yeah. So uh, if you guys want to check me out on social media, uh, both my Instagram and Facebook handles are at Sarah Etter Invest. And my website, uh, I have a contact form there for deal uh, inquiries. Uh, it's just www.sarahetter.com. Nice. Yeah, try to keep it simple. That's easy. Yeah. And then if tell us about your coaching program. If if somebody wants to yeah. be coached by you, tell us like what do you offer? What do you guys coach around? What are the what are all the things? Yeah. So I used to coach a lot about raising capital. Um, and in the past couple of years, um, because I've evolved, you know, as an investor, and I felt like I have so much more to bring to the table with, you know, syndications and all this stuff that we do. So um, I created something called the Freedom Builder Mastermind. And basically, the mastermind is designed for a very what I find underserved niche is not beginners, not super advanced, the middle investor, that intermediate investor that has like, 10 doors, 20 doors, and they're just plateaued. They don't know how to get to that next level. So it's a very unique type of support, teaching you how to create systems, syndication, how to delegate, the, the whole hiring stuff we talked about, who to hire, how to hire, 
creative financing, syndications, um, that kind of thing. So it's really designed for people that want to be a full-time investor, kind of trying to break into that hump. And we have coaches in the program that can uh, cover any type of, of strategy. So it's not really strategy specific. We have Airbnb people, we've got developers, we've got apartment building acquisition uh, students in the program. So it's more just the mentality. We, you know, like-minded uh, investors that just, yeah, want to push themselves to the next level. I'm going to put awesome. your, your website there for everybody in the comments so everybody can see it. Oh, wait, I'm going to do it for everything. Um, you. I just went there. That's a cute website. Oh, thank you. I got some photography done last year, which looks good. It looks so good. <laughs> Never underestimate the power of a good photo shoot. That's for sure. I can tell you that. Yep. <laughs> Jen and I have a bad one in Carly's case. Jen's, Jen and I just did a photo shoot and she looks so good. I mean, we're we're all our own worst critic. Uh, yeah. Yeah, so, she didn't really get the uh like business partner vibe that we were trying to go for. We were, we're like staring into each other's eyes with twinkle lights behind us. We were. She's sweet, sweet girl. Really She's great, but it's just stuff. like like I'm in my 40s and I know that like the young influencer thing goes like this, you know, like oh, yeah, like the like hair. Like this. Yeah. And a lot of that and just like, that's fine, but that's just not me. Yeah, you gotta like stick with the vibe, right? Yeah. yeah. So there was definitely power behind a good photo shoot. There is. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for coming yeah. on and having a conversation with me or us, sorry, me. Um yeah, it was great to learn more about your story and meet you sort of in person. Yeah. Maybe our paths will collide one day in the U.S. I'm sure they will. Sure we'll keep talking. So. Amazing. Yes. Thanks yeah. so much for having me on. I love other powerhouse female investors. Always such a, an honor. So thank you. Yes. Yeah. We're going to go follow you. Everybody go follow Sarah. She's a, a mover and a shaker. Yeah. She knows her stuff. Thank, Thank you. you so much, guys. You're so much Have fun. a great weekend. Yeah, you too, guys. Talk to okay. you. Thank Talk you. Talk to you later. Bye.